Uh, and today we're following up on um, the Dreamer versus Dashel uh, best of three that we're doing sort of series. I forgot what I called it already. I probably changed the name. Who cares? Um, so you guys first played symbols of authority and pace won that one with Dashel by two points. Is that what it was? I think it was one. Oh, one point. Uh, and then uh, the second round you guys or... played. Okay. And the second round you guys played corrupted ley lines with the completely different scheme pool. And uh, just finished up your game this week. Um, so I guess broad strokes, how did it go? He wrecked me. <laughs> nah, That's how it went. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was a pretty crazy game. It was There's a lot of action on turn one. Um, what was really interesting is we both picked the same schemes. What were they? We both picked Breakthrough and Claim Jump. Interesting. Uh, because you guys are playing in flank? No. What was no, your deployment? Standard. Standard deployment. Standard. Both took breakthrough. That makes sense for Dashel. Um, that's interesting. Um, we talked in the previous episode, Mike, about breakthrough, and we basically just ruled it out because of Dashel's anti-scheming mechanisms. But it sounds it sounds like Jimmy found a way to uh, score those points. Regardless, sounds like <laughs> it's hard for you to deny those points when your shit's dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think uh, his crew is um, very quick. <laughs> that And yeah. you'll, you'll see that later on. But uh, Lord Chompy Bits was in my face turn one in my deployment zone. Um, so I don't think I was... I, I mean, I knew his crew was quick because of the... Um, what are those little guys that do the three-inch push or whatever? Yeah, those guys. They like um, move key pieces up pretty quickly. Um, but I think I underestimated his his speed um, this time well, around. Last game, I didn't have Capellius. I didn't have the extra... I had an extra four-inch push True. this game. Yep. So uh, what did Chompy yeah. so, turn, turn one? Turn one. Um, the Lone Marshal. Yeah. So I think this was a mistake on my part. I think I put really close um, the Lone Marshal and a Mounted Guard next to each other. Um, very close to each other, at least. And uh, Jimmy capitalized on that a lot by going into... I'm pretty sure he got into melee range of both of them. Yeah. Um, turn one. And um, and then I was just... The oh shit button kind of... You know, I kept hitting it uh, to try to get the Lone Marshal out. And um, yeah, that was step one of my, my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I guess let's let's take a couple steps back before we get into two specifics. Like, uh, so it sounds like what was what was the final score? First of all, final score was I think what was it? It was uh, three eight. Okay, yeah. So that's that's a that's a pretty big difference considering it's standard ley lines where you usually get two points for free. Um, so that sounds like a pretty swingy game. Uh, and it sounds like it would it be a fair estimation to say that like in the first game, Jimmy tried sort of the same shit and like alling in on a model or two and it didn't pay off. And it sounds like this game, it did pay off. Is that fair? Um, yeah, so, sort of. I think either, I think the play I made was in the last game was bad 
going on Dashiell when he hadn't activated. Like getting in that up in his face before he activated was probably really bad. But in this, it was what I was able to do. I had I had summoned a stitched, and I was able, with Chompy. I was able to activate, um, shoot the Lone Marshal, stoning for a mask, and I had a, I think I had a thirteen in my hand that I used. Or I, I used it on something else, but I had a way of guaranteeing it go off. Then I placed in base, and it was on his willpower, so I summoned the stitch in base as well with the lone marshal. I was trying to just kill it, basically, turn one. And did you? No. I don't think I... I didn't kill it till turn five. But oh, I, brought it down wow. to, I brought it down to two health with the chompy activation, I believe. Uh, I think it was like... No, Chompy killed the the mounted guard. So what happened, I think, was the mounted guard. No, the stitch killed the chomp. The, the stitch killed the mounted. Oh, guard. you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I basically kind of like crippled both of those pieces on turn one, and but you got one of my. He killed one of my insidious madness on turn one. That doesn't sound that like I, a terrible trade. Um, yeah. So I think what I learned was that insidious madnesses are pretty crazy against Dashiell. Um So I think. Turn one, I Fiona'd one of the Insidiouses above. Um, and oh, then... and so before we get deeper in this, and we'll come right back to this, but uh, how did you guys change your lists going into this one uh, as opposed to the first game? And how much of it was scheme and strat, and how much of it was what you learned from the first round? How about you go first, uh, Mike? Sure. So um, <clears throat> I actually... I think I took out... Uh, so my list was Dashiell, Dispatcher, Mounted Guard, Executioner, Lone Marshal, Fiona with a uh, coat, and then a Guild Steward. Um, so basically the things I took out were the Jury, and I think an extra Mounted Guard. And I swapped them out with Fiona and a Guild Steward, basically. Um, the, the thinking behind it was I could summon another Mounted Guard... Um, so that was not too bad. And I put my, my points more into Fiona, which would hopefully, um, help me control the center at least. Um, especially with claim jump in the pool. <clears throat> uh, and then Leadline coat is, is pretty good. Armor two is not bad against him. He has some ways to get around that. I think there's some abilities that go through armor, but for the most part, it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, and then the guild steward, uh, I just added in as another focus generator, and um, he has some abilities that that give slow out. So I was like, eh, I'll throw him in here and see what happens. Um, and that was that was uh, my thinking, at least on that that part. How about you, Jimmy? Um, I dropped the Bandersnatch and I dropped the Widow Weaver because they're pretty weak in ley lines. They're not really going to be be able to score me my points. Since you can't place with the lodestone, and I think that's, and then I just added two insidious madness, and then I dropped the teddy as well and added Capellius. So it sounds like the first two decisions were based purely on the strat. Was the teddy versus Capellius based off the matchup? Um, teddy just went because there was no assassinate. Even though I've already stated that I shouldn't have brought, I shouldn't have picked assassinate against Dashiell in the first place mm-hmm. nor do i think i ever would again but yeah so that was just correcting a mistake i guess capellius is just better so um 
Before we talked about the list there for a bit, uh, Mike, you were going into something about the Fiona change and uh, a couple of play mistakes you made on turn one. Do you want to keep going on to that? Um, sure. Yeah, no. Uh, so I think the Fiona thing, I think she's good, obviously. She's one of the best guild models out there. And I think she was right to take. Uh, the plan was, again, to just kind of throw her in the middle and, and go for claim jump with her. Um, and also kind of try and deny it with it. Uh, the errors, I think, that I made turn one was mainly in deployment. <clears throat> I saw him kind of uh, deploy, um, at least from my perspective, on the left side of the board. Um, so I put my mounted stuff on the right um, to kind of just try and move around. Because I think, Jimmy, you only really had the Insidious guy on the, the ley line on my right side, at least. Yeah. Uh, it would be your left. Was, everything everything was, was like shifted to the center-ish. Correct, yeah. To, the, to mm-hmm. my right. And then I had just the Insidious, yep. right? So it could just walk and focus and yeah. score my point. So I kind of put my mounted stuff because I was like, you know, I'll go for breakthrough. The mounted guard will just kind of rush in there. Um, and that'll be that. Um, so I think my error was putting the two fastest people when I had breakthrough <laughs> in the same spot uh, was probably not the best idea. Um, and then uh, also activating them very late. Um, was also nice. I think if I just activated them out of guard early and just like, I think there was a building <clears throat> right in front of them that they could have just used a wall to basically block their line of sight for a little while. I could have probably done that. Um, so I think my error right there was uh, uh, deployment. Um, but I did pre- feel pretty good on the trade with the Insidious. So the Insidious was pulled in from the Fiona with the Lure or whatever. And then Dashel was able Bring to it. just kill her uh, or kill it. Uh, the problem also that turn one, I didn't have a card in my hand that was higher than a seven. And I stoned for cards too. <laughs> and I also wow. did the executioner, um, the dispatcher. Uh, so I was not planning to summon at all with Dashel. Uh, so that's why I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way. Uh, if I'm not going to summon this turn, um, I could have summoned one dog, but that probably, like, it might have been okay, but I was like, you know what, um, let me just try and kill one model of his, and it was the Insidious that he put up there, um, so that kind of hurt, um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, one for me. that's, that's really rough. You saw nine cards then? Oh, uh, yeah. You saw nine cards and you didn't have higher than a, would you say seven? seven? That's always really brutal. It It sounds like, I feel... I feel like you may have made the right play choice just attacking instead of summoning some like chaff or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at the point, I don't know. I, I think maybe, what I saw from stone and like declare like a, a, a rifleman or something and just hope to flip right. it. But I think you, yeah, I was, that, I was thinking about that. Just, just like, Hey, I'm going to hope to flip. Uh... <laughs> right. Um, so that's when, when I made the decision to, to lure in the Insidious with Fiona and then try and go ham with Dashiell. Because so I learned from the last game that Dashiell is actually not a, a very bad um, combat um, character. Like uh, with the bonus for concentrating um, and then just you know using three actions to attack 
especially with pursue. You know, you have a stat seven character going in there. Um, he's pretty. Yeah, I think pretty his design <laughs> with crit strike too. Yeah, I think his design was that he would have to make attacks in order to get the scheme markers out in order to summon, but uh, he's had to be changed because you know that doesn't really. It's not a very effective way to go right. about yep. being a dedicated summoner. But I definitely think my biggest mistake was just the position that I put the mounted guard and the uh, the lone marshal, especially because I couldn't summon another mounted guard. My whole list kind of almost revolved around summoning a second mounted guard as quickly as possible. Um, and turn one, I couldn't do that. So that kind of hurt. Yeah, that's brutal. But Jimmy, I think I think Jimmy uh, did pretty well in his, his target priority like i think he he saw that taking out the the fast cavalry the lone marshal and the mounted guard was going to be key yeah the whole the whole plan was just to try to just take you off if you picked a breakthrough which i, I assumed you did just to take you off of breakthrough on on turn one yep and, i mean make, it worked yeah yeah i was just trying to make it so you couldn't score with breakthrough right. like like you maybe would get one point, but you definitely weren't going to get two points. Yeah, the, the score was three to eight, and I got all three points just on the primary. I didn't score any of my secondaries or um, schemes. Sorry. So, what were your respective claim jump models? Fiona and mine was an Insidious Madness, the one that was hanging back to score the first two points. So, um, did you feel like you were just sort of on the back foot and you were never able to score the claim jump because he sort of seized? Seized all the aggression on you, Mike. Yeah, he definitely he brought Dreamer, um, Carpelius or whatever the hell his name is, um, Serena, a bunch of people. He basically controlled the middle for a majority of the game, and I think that's what ultimately probably won him the game. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just um, there was after the first like at the end of the first turn, I realized that. To score all my points, I only needed five models to be doing anything to score all my points, basically. And I realized it was um, the Insidious Madness, Lord Chompy Bits, and my three daydreams. Was I could pace those five models, if I could pace them out throughout the game, I could score all eight points with just using those. And everything else could just attack and just get in the way and just soak AP. Yeah. That's the big um, hurdle for getting over dreamer is that he does bring such AP sinks and like the stitch together, like the stitched almost always trade up every time you summon yeah. them. Uh, it's yeah. like there are very few things in the game that actually one activation them like reliably. Funny even, enough, even actually only, actually only summoned one stitched. I think. Yeah. What were you summoning? insidious madness yeah because they're just unkillable yeah i think those especially for guard where they're especially like five. In, in this game we, we was um the terrifying was very average it was very like it was about 50 yeah. 50 on passing and failing so when you have you know executioners you know wasting ap yeah, that was something we assessed as sort of a big problem with the matchup in the first round, but it didn't end up paying off. Yeah, and Jimmy actually uh, wrote a list to try and benefit off it, but it just didn't pay off. But this time, it sounds like you didn't write the list to uh, potentially exploit terrifying as much as you just summoned, and was able to soak up so much AP with the terrifying. And 
and the fact that they're just like incorporeal and annoying as hell. Uh, they're such little bastards. Um, yeah, yeah. And the thing, I, the thing about Dreamer that's pretty wild is that he's able to, like Jimmy, you like to do, um, really aggressive plays with like your master and stuff like that, so that you're basically accelerating the pace of game. Um, that most people don't do. Like most people, they're playing a summoner, they just like keep him back and keep him in his protected order because you want him to summon every single time. But you'll like definitely put them on the center line turn one just to be like all day. Okay my foot's on the fucking throttle and dreamer is especially annoying because he, even with your foot on the throttle, it's like, uh, it's very hard to punish him with all these stacking defensive tech that he has. Um, so I think it's a very good master for you. That's kind of how he, uh, did I claim jump for me was he put literally dreamer like right in the dead center. Um, so, one, it was just hard to kill, you know, a master first off, and then two, um, getting those. Uh, what is it? The you can't do bonus actions. It's like yeah. the executioner and stuff like that also hurt. Um, and so, yeah, he he played it right by just throwing Dreamer kind of right in the middle there, um, and kind of denying me the the board space. Yeah, we were talking about that yeah. on the Discord. In this matchup is basically minus one AP for like so many models. It, like it's literally minus one AP for the executioner and basically for Fiona as well, because if she can't do that shove aside on her bonus action, like that could be a minus AP. It's such a fucking drain. Yeah. I think also, uh, I think it was, was it turn three, Jimmy or turn two? No, I think it's turn three. Uh, you gunned for the dispatcher. Like immediately, this game <laughs> turn turn two and three. I, I was yeah. I was just trying to. I was putting because because I I came to that realization that that which models needed to score, mm-hmm. and then like the only thing worth killing was the dispatcher, basically. Like if I could get it down, like turn basically by turn three. If I think if it lived through turn three, I'd ha- I would have had to give up on it. Yep, I agree. He was able to essentially kill the dispatcher turn three, though. Um, he put the adversary. Um, was it ability from? Dreamer? Yeah, I put. Yeah, I, I used your nightmare yeah. to put adversary on him to negate the serene. Comments. Actually, I summoned an Alp too. I think you did. Yeah, I did. I gave it adversary to summon the Alp, and then the Alp came out, attacked with the plus, and then it activated and attacked twice. Yeah, and then I think there was some blast damage in there too that you were able to do. Or ping when he yeah. when he unburies, he did a damage. Yep. And then I yeah. So, so I think this game like killing that. Going straight for the dispatcher really hurt, especially turn th- you know you losing the dispatcher turn three, especially when I think I didn't before you turn summon, one. Yeah. It was it before? You? I think it was after uh, your summon because turn was, one yeah. you summoned nothing. Then you summoned an executioner. Executioner, and then what else I, did you summon? I don't think that's it. I think you killed the dispatcher. Or maybe I did kill it before you summoned them. I think you maybe killed it turn two. No, I think I killed or it turn, turn to three. three before I activated Dashel. Yeah, I think I killed the top of three. Yeah, yep. Sounds bloody. Uh, what did what did you have left on the board at the end of the game, Pace? Um, I think I had Fiona. I didn't have much actually. I had Fiona, Dashel, um, and the steward. steward. I think that was it, right? I think that's it. Yeah. So the executioner died, both of them because I summoned one. 
Um, uh, the Lone Marshal eventually died, and the Mountain Guard died. Yeah. Yeah. The Lone Marshal died top of five. Five, yeah. He was trying to get that last-minute breakthrough. <laughs> and uh, Bowman was just like, nah, get out of here. <laughs> so... um. What do you guys think are some big lessons, if any, that you learned from this matchup? This well, this game rather. Uh, going into the next one, like, is there anything you're like, okay, well, I understand that now. You want to start, uh, Jimmy? Yeah. yeah um, I basically like this is more of like a general thing rather than the matchup. I really came to the a realization of like what you need to kill, like to to score points. Like in this game, I really didn't kill anything until after I killed um, the totem, the dispatcher. Like I, like obviously, like I attacked the um, the little marshal and the mounted guard, but that was for the you know the purpose of denying points. And um, I think I just and doing that also just in corrupted ley lines, like those models can can transport the the lodestone or whatever it's called very easily so like making it harder to score strat like it's going to take him more ap to score his strat and then, uh, a, a big thing that happened was on turn two he uh mike you were running out of activations and you put um one of your executioners in base with the center um oh yep the center mm-hmm. um objective uh, ley line yeah yeah center ley line and I still hadn't gone with my insidious madness with the um, yeah. with the ley line. <laughs> so I was and I positioned it so it was within six because my initial plan was to take my my left, then my right, then go my center, and it which would have made it harder to score a claim jump. But once you went to the center, I thought maybe you had claim jump on him instead of Fiona, or also you were going to pass the the lodestone to him. Yeah. So I decided to. I think at the last activation, I was able to just walk, scatter, and push you back and score on the center one on turn two and also get Brutal. my um, claim jump. Yeah, it was my bad. I should have looked at the Insidious's card more carefully because I did not know they had scatter when I moved up. By, I passed the ley line to the execution. I'm like, okay, I'll just move him up, get my claim, and be like, you know, cool. And then he was able to move in scatter and it was like oh shit yeah 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 that's like a it three points that bad at the point because um it was turn two and i already claimed the first one or whatever it was um but it did set me back a little bit um it was really big because it allowed me to score my first point of yeah. claim jump and then just i think as soon as the turn started there is nothing that impactful to do and i was just able to double walk all the way to the other the other one, one yeah. my de- near my deployment so like you, you didn't get to attack, even like put any damage on that Insidious Madness, and it was already in place to score, and you don't really have anything to get to that position and move it off the point. Right. Okay. So, uh, so going into the third and final matchup or whatever, at least for now, um, what are you guys thinking are significant hurdles um, that you need to? Hmm that you need to sort of overcome to sort of find your win condition? Well, that's a bad question. Here's a better question. What do you think are, after these two games, 
uh, sort of strats and schemes independent. What do you feel like are your win conditions in the matchup? Um, starting with Jimmy. Um, it depends on the pool, but I would say like basically getting some sort of alpha strike off turn one is pretty achievable in almost any pool. And just because of having three daydreams to kind of just shift stuff around, even though they haven't activated, just allows you to like set up for those alpha strikes. And I don't know how easy it is to mitigate those without sacrificing like a lot of AP. Because even in that scenario, I was able to just shoot and then attack with Chompy. Like I could have, if he, even if he tried to like, uh, mitigate that i could still have walked shot and not gotten the melee attack but then still summon the stitch in base and been in base contact as well for next turn so i think that's pretty big like getting that off and then taking especially in like ley lines where there's clayton jump just like taking the center and just kind of like positioning in a way that um just kind of locks down the board i really just I was pretty sure on what on what schemes he took in that one, so I kind of just drew like I knew where I needed to be to to deny your points. Would you say you're like the beat down in this matchup now? Probably. Yeah, it seems that way to me. What about you, Mike? Um, I think it depends on the scheme pool, honestly. But I honestly missed that second mounting guard very much. Um, uh. Not being able, like getting the, not being able to summon anything in turn one, like uh, the mounting guard that I was hoping for, really hurt. Um, and I think I, I'll make space for that. But um, I thought Fiona's especially good, like in theory, <laughs> probably not in practice. I think he did pretty well with um, tying her up uh, quite a bit um, and just making sure she didn't get to the middle. And then once she got to the middle, it was kind of pointless with dreamer there and his whole crew um so in terms of picking the crew for the for a next game you know i think it really matters on the on the scheme pool uh and the strat as well um i think dreamer is crazy good in in late lines though i think that is with those Alps or whatever the hell they're called. Um, the Insidious Madness plus Insidious like Madness plus the Daydreams. Yeah. It's just yeah. it was pretty. You just good. need one model to just can get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or at the end, I had to pass it to a different one, but I was able to set it up to where they were just sh- shift them around. So after I was done doing all my lead nightmares, they were twelve inches apart, and then I could just walk past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I kind of looking back at it and I'm always wondering if paying the extra, the lone marshal, don't get me wrong, is amazing. And he has ruthless, obviously, which is very good against terrifying. Um, he's obviously a stat seven gun, but I'm starting to wonder like in that matchup, if he's, um, pulling his weight for his cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced at it right now. I think yeah. on paper, it looks amazing. <laughs> um, but it could also be just Jimmy also gunning for him quickly. Um, because I think in the first game, I think he just basically turned into a scheme runner. Um, in the first game, I tried to kill him too. Yeah. So I, I do put a lot of focus on him. So. Yeah. 
It does that. make Jimmy's target selection very easy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's very killable, especially if you're playing base to base and he's insanely potent if left, you know, sort of unmolested. Yeah. Uh, being able it to kind of force chat me stitch where like with the mounted guard, I would just kill them. Probably like he's, he survives. He does more than the mounted guard, like as far as like damage output and threatens my summons. So, how different do you think this game is, Mike? If you um, are able to get at least a mounted guard, if not an executioner, on turn one, because that that attrition trade doesn't feel that terrible to me. Basically, getting both of your scheme runners down to low HP for an insidious. But if you also get your summon turn one, how different do you feel like the game is? Um, I don't think it's too different. I think I would have been able to score probably breakout a little bit easier. So I think my score would obviously have been, you know, four or five, um, a little bit more easier. But I did instead of summoning, I made the decision to use Dashiell's AP on killing the Insidious. So um, I think there's too many variables to really think about to say, you know, if I had a summon and I summoned somebody or another mounted guard and he went up one of the flanks or something like that, how different the game would be. Um, I don't think just from, you know, Jimmy's um, target priority and his controlling the board space in the middle, uh, I don't think I still win. Um, but I think I have a better shot, at least. Um, at least scoring a higher higher cost game. Uh, that's my that's my take on that, I guess. Cool. It definitely affected it, but I just basically turned it into trying to just trade for uh, for one of his pieces. So, do you feel like um, threatening Dreamer and threatening that uh, his bubble is a is a win condition? going yeah. forward that you need to try and lean so on? So both games now, both games now, I basically ignore Dreamer. Um, and I'm starting to wonder if that's, and I, I don't know how the math works out, you know. Um, I'm starting to wonder if putting pressure on him is a better idea because literally Jimmy just puts him right in the middle there. Like, it's like, hey, here's Dreamer, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I just ignore him. Um it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think I think you can kill him if I'm just going to put him in the middle of the board? Uh, yeah, no, but it starts wondering, like, maybe if I put pressure on Dreamer, if it's possible, I don't know. Um, no, I think he's more killable than uh, people. Yeah, I, I definitely think so as well. Uh, have you thought about teching in, like, an Obey? Um, I know we just dropped the jury, but... Yeah, that's the best Obey there. <laughs> The problem is, like, Lord Chompy Bits is fucking R7 for some reason. Um, uh, yeah. But if you He's can stick total. and obey to maybe Capellius, that gets around the Protected, because Protected's only enemy models. So you get, like, obey them to charge and attack yeah. Dreamer. Um, that gets... Yeah. I don't know if it's worth the tech. Um, I don't know either. Um, I don't think so. I don't, it's, on, yeah. it's on serene countenance, like, still, so... Yeah, it's really it's really having protected plus serene countenance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. incorporeal. Don't that one. And incorporeal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very good. Yeah. He's there was really a time good. though in this game that I think I got Copernicus down to one health, right? Yeah, on turn um, <laughs> turn two, two I think, right? Capellius was on one health and then yeah. I was 
able to just walk away, and I had to spend a, I had to spend a whole turn just healing him, two turns actually healing him. Yeah. Which uh, I kind of overextended him. So I think your game, the game would, if you were able to summon an executioner turn one, I think it would have been a lot more impactful than if you were able to summon a, um, yeah. guild mounted guard. I think it definitely had to be an executioner because Capellius would probably just go after the. Would have just gone after the um, mounted guard rather than overextending and almost dying. Yeah, I agree. I think summoning an executioner turn one helps me win the game. Yeah. But mounted guard would just give me an extra point or two, um, if that. So your, your good right. summons just cost a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the rifle ones are good. Um, but yeah, I couldn't even are. summon that. <laughs> so. They're not good into Insidious Madness, though. They, they're, I think they're pretty well, awful. Because what are, are they? What are their? What's their damage track? It's two three, right? It's not two four. Yeah, I don't think it's two four. Yeah, that's, I think that'd be crazy. That makes them kind of bad. If they were two four, I think they'd be really good. But yeah, they are kind of nice though, because you you basically summon into engagement range, and they have the ignore friendly fire. Yeah, that's true. Um, which makes them a little bit nice. Um, because that was the one big sink. As I, I was able to summon an insidious, engaging both executioners and um, and Fiona, I think, right? and Fiona. Yeah, yeah. there's like a triangle, or you just put it right in the middle. Just <laughs> it right in the middle. Yep. And that soaked up a lot of AP. Yeah, because I was like start, I was kind of clumping up seven because I wanted Fiona to like guard, you know, and then I wanted the executioners to get the triggers off, um, not the triggers, the bonus action off uh, the dispatcher. So it's kind of really clumped together um a lot of the time and, and i uh, messed up and i missed healing i just realized that oh man oh no because <laughs> it's weird because because his melee attack is on willpower so he heals every time they fail a willpower i missed that part i don't know um so for the next game we haven't wholly decided on the scheme pool what do you guys say to doing symbols and then the same schemes from this pool? So the strat from the first one and the schemes from the second one. Did you? So me and Jimmy were kind of talking about this, but did you okay. want to do a third game, Jimmy? Um, if you want to, I don't know if there's if there's much more to be learned. Okay. I don't know. I felt like it was pretty. If if we do it, I think if we do another game, it should definitely should be um, symbols. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Dashel in because this pool had breakthrough and symbols breakthrough. This mount of guard sort of dream sort of situation. So it'd be interesting to see that added dynamic. Other than that, I don't know. You guys are one and one. It makes sense to play. In, yeah. <laughs> to tie yeah. break. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Maybe maybe a mix of the schemes or something. Yeah. I mean, we can Definitely, cater it. You can put sure. breakthrough in there. Like, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. But definitely, I mean, you don't have to do it immediately, especially if you want to do it as like a recording, like you were. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah so I got all the equipment now. Um, so we should be able to um, do something with this one. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that sounds like a deal. I don't know if you need me to come over to help record or whatever, but the only thing might be try and get some shit painted up. <laughs> I gotta paint my stuff too. So I don't have anything painted. <laughs> you know, I have a couple things. Dream the Dreamer keyword Nightmare is my most painted uh 
keyword by a lot. Nine whole models are painted or something. Nine or ten. Yeah, I would really like to see that recording. I could get, if you wanted, I could get me and another person to do commentary over it. I think that would be uh, really sick. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think that'd be cool. We'll plan it out. Have a couple uh, third-party people uh, commenting as we watch the game. That could be sick. Um, I don't know how much editing that would involve. No, or I think I'll just edit out the... Um... Just like the slow pauses of thinking just time. thinking what to, yeah, the thinking time and just cuts the straight to the um, the actions. So it's a little bit more manageable. That would be super sick. Uh, and I think I think people would be really interested to see that, after, especially if they listen to both of these episodes. And maybe, uh, I don't know, it's one-on-one tiebreaker for the belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's officially a grudge match. I think it'd be cool. I think so too. What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs>